Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. So we are primarily a basketball show with some betting to go along with it. But today we're bringing the betting to horse racing because the most exciting two minutes in sports are happening this weekend. Thank you for tuning in to Screaming From the Sidelines presented by BetOnline.ag. Go sign up today and score a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit up to $1,000. If you use a referral, both you and your contact benefit and what better time to sign up than right before the 149th Kentucky Derby. We are privileged to have the man on the other side of the screen today. He is a national horse racing reporter, former longtime columnist for the Philadelphia Daily News, 1985 to 2017. He's covered every Triple Crown race since 87. He's given analysis on radio stations across the country, and he's bringing some betting expertise. He finished third in the 2019 Breeders' Cup betting challenge at Santa Anita after hitting a cold $2,000 exacta in the BC turf. He is Dick Girardi. Thank you and welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. Nice intro. Very, very nicely done. You know, a few people have told me that now, and I'm just trying to make it uh, better every time. So we love a good introduction. Go. We love a good show. <laughs> This is Kentucky Derby number 149. I actually want to rewind one year because in last year's Derby, that was one of the yep. craziest stories <laughs> I've ever seen come to life in sports. Rich Strike joined the field the day before the race, came in at 80 to 1 odds, the worst of the entire pack, and then the ultimate upset was accomplished. So, uh, well, Dick, I, I know you've covered racing for many, many years, and I just got to ask you, did you leave that Kentucky Derby with any takeaways as a reporter and columnist? I know nothing is what I realized after that race was over. It's like, what just happened? I was actually watching that race from the infield on the grass course, not far from when the horses went by the first time, the winter circle, and then, of course, the second time. And as I'm watching it, I see the favorite, Epicenter's in front, and I see Zandon is a good horse chasing them. And I'm thinking, all right, this makes sense. And then out of nowhere, at the corner of my eye, I see this 21 flashing by, closest to me on the rail. And I go, who is 21? And then I realized, like you just said, hey, that's the horse that just got in what like 36 hours ago he wasn't even in the race and yeah it was as crazy a result of any horse race not just the derby that i've ever seen the horse had only won one time he'd run against epicenter earlier in the year been beaten by 10 lengths there was just no indication that that could happen and interestingly in the intervening year Rich Strike has not won a single race. In fact, he ran at Churchill Downs a couple of hours ago and finished next to last so it's just bizarre it's like the old miracle on ice talking about the US hockey team. It's like we play yep. them nine play them ten times, they might beat us nine, but that yep. one that one that was, was for Rich Strike. <laughs> exactly that right. That was uh that was incredible. I love watching the Derby every year, but that one I think it was just me and my parents. Uh I was visiting for for Mother's Day weekend and that was just bananas i loved every second of that one so um <laughs> we'll, we'll go back to this year now that we got uh, yep. a lot of great topics to discuss you know there's already some headlines heading into the weekend and uh 
trainer uh, Safi Joseph Jr. has been suspended indefinitely from the Kentucky Derby and other Churchill Downs races after two horses in his care mysteriously died in the past week, which means that Lord Miles, who was coming in at 50 to 1 odds, has been scratched from the Derby as a whole. I just want to get your thoughts on this situation. Yeah, it's really an unfortunate situation. So what happened, uh, Greg, was early in the week, as you mentioned, trainer Safi Joseph had started horses at Churchill Downs and two of them mysteriously right after they raced, no injuries, nothing obvious, just died. And they're in the midst of doing a horse racing's version of an autopsy. It's called a necropsy. And like a human autopsy, it takes a while to get the results. So nobody really knows why this happened. And there's a chance they're never going to know. Because uh, horses are not like humans, they're not as it's not as easy to figure out what happened. But Churchill Downs was in this unique, very unique situation where they're saying, "Well, wait a second, you know, we got one of your horses that's running at our race, right? We're, we're going to be on national TV. It's a worldwide event, and if there's something unique to your barn and your horses, and something happens in the Derby, it's a PR nightmare." So they made probably what was a rational decision. Said, "Look, you can't run this horse. In fact, you can't run any horses around here until we figure out what happened." I don't have a huge problem with it. I get it. They're trying to protect their brand. But I feel bad for the trainer because there's every chance that these were two completely fluke, unrelated, bizarro things that happened. And he's totally not at fault. But now, unfortunately, his owner's not going to get the run. I assume they're going to get all their money back for the entry fees. Hopefully, they pay him for their hotels and their airplanes and everything else. But, yeah, I, I get both sides of it. I feel poorly for the trainer because people will start thinking badly of him and, and really shouldn't unless it eventually comes out that there was something nefarious going on here. But that's still to be determined. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's always unfortunate, and you hope that there was nothing uh, crazy or crooked behind the scenes going on. Right. It could have just been an accident, uh, as you mentioned, and and yeah. But we got we still got a great field of of twenty. This is a number of horses you're not going to see in any horse race in the United States, except for this one event. And uh, I'm curious about one thing before we talk about any particular horse or trainer or anything like that, which is that. I was listening to a show yesterday by Cash the Ticket, and they seem to think that post position didn't matter as much as it's hyped up to be. I'm curious to hear your stance on this and if you think post position matters more than some might say. I don't think it's a big deal, especially now that they have this 20-horse starting gate. It used to be two starting gates, right? There were 14 in the main gate and then six in the auxiliary gate. There were spaces in between. It was just kind of oddball. But Churchill got a 20-horse gate built a couple of years ago. So I think it's less of a factor than it used to be. Back in the day, the horse in the one post was actually starting be, uh, inside the inside rail, kind of had to make a right turn to get on the racetrack. So that was really unfair in these big fields. But I think less of an issue now than maybe it was a couple of years ago. All right. So you now heard it from a couple of different sources. Maybe uh, if you're cashing your bets, don't freak out on the post position. We got <laughs> two right. of the three favorites who are actually lined up next to each other. And uh, and we'll talk about the favorite, which is Forte. And and Todd <laughs> Pletcher is a, is a two-time Kentucky Derby winning trainer. Once in 2010, the other in 2017. In fact, 2017 was the only year that they've ever run a favorite, and that right. was always dreaming. So uh, I, I guess I want to ask if you think history will repeat itself. You know, I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. Maybe mm -hmm. your official pick isn't coming in until right before the race, but how are you feeling about Todd Pletcher and Forte? 
I think Todd has brought the strongest group of horses and the strongest individual horse he's ever brought to the race. Uh, Forte is six for seven lifetime. He's won five in a row. Two-year-old champ. This year, he's two for two. There's just nothing There's nothing negative about him. Uh, his record is, is that good. And in horse racing, the biggest races are grade one races. Uh, in this field, the entire now we're down to nineteen horses without a couple of scratches. The entire field has won six Grade One races. Forte has four of them, so he just the rest of the field combined only has two. The other eighteen, so he deserves to be the favorite. I have no issues with him. I don't think the post is a problem. And you mentioned it's a really good point because Pletcher has started sixty-two horses in the Derby. He's won two, but that's kind of a, a stat that's meaningless because he's been in twenty-two Derbies. He's had four and five horses in some of these races. Obviously, you can't beat yourself. This year, he has three. Uh, Forte being the best. Tappet Trice, the Bluegrass winner, really good. Kings Barnes, Louisiana Derby, really good. So he's got the strongest group he's ever had. And your point about always dreaming is the best one. That's the only horse out of all the Pletcher horses ever that's been favored. And what did he do? He won the race. Yeah, I mean, he's got some great horses lined up. And I know Forte, uh, popular betting pick, you know, for good reason, possibly. We We might see after we had the all-time upset we might go back to just the uh odds on favorite getting it done (laughs) it could be an interesting back-to-back like that this year um there's also brad cox who you know him and and pletcher are getting a lot of head-to-head headlines cox trained angel of empire his odds are the third best right now at eight to one and uh cox won the kentucky derby in his first try back in 2021 but he didn't really get to celebrate it right because mandaloon (laughs) Was declared a late winner after Medina Spirit failed a drug test. So is this like, oddly enough, a bit of a revenge tour for Brad Cox? Yeah, I know Brad has talked about it this week that, look, it's one thing to win it, but it's a whole other thing to win it and actually get your picture taken at the time and get the roses and all that stuff. And, you know, they won it in the Kentucky Racing Commission the following spring. It's not exactly like crossing the finish line first. So, yeah, now it's a good point. Cox has four horses. So Cox and Pletcher have seven of the 19. Uh, They are the two dominant uh, trainers in the country right now with Baffert just finishing, Bob Baffert just finishing the two-year Churchill down suspension. Uh, So Cox, and you're right, the best of the Cox Four is Angel Vampire. There's no doubt. And I think that's the one he feels the best about. I mean, Verifying certainly has a chance. Second in the Bluegrass, just missed beating Tappet Trice. But Angel of Empire is the one. He just seems like he's peaking at the exact right moment. And he's kind of got a style not dissimilar to Mandaloon, who was the horse that finished second in the Derby two years ago and then was eventually put up to first. And by the way, He's still not the uh, – he is the official winner in Kentucky, but he still hasn't gotten paid because that's all still in court. Who knows when that'll be – that'll finally be uh, uh, decided. Well, congratulations to Mandaloon on being the most punished winner (laughs) I've ever seen. Well said. (laughs) Wow. Unbelievable. Still no money in 2023. So. Wow. Ridiculous. Okay. So we've discussed, we've discussed horses. We have discussed trainers. We have yet to actually bring up the people who are risking their lives, beating those horses and making them go just fast as possible to win the race. The jockeys, we got 19 brave men out there on the track heading into tomorrow. Do you feel like there's any jockey, maybe two in particular that you stick out as seeking some kind of advantage here? 
Yeah, I mean, I love the word to use brave because look, there are 120, 115 pound people on a thousand pound animal going 35 miles an hour with no, and it's not like you're driving a car. It's not like you're in a NASCAR race where you're buckled in and you have a seatbelt. You don't have any of that stuff. So it is scary. I think that the two best guys out there right now are Irad Ortiz Jr., who will ride Forte, and Flavian Pratt, who, who will ride Angel of Empire. And they just happen to be on the two horses that are probably going to be the one, two betting choices. And, and it's not because of them, but they don't hurt anything. But the reason they're on these horses is because they're in demand and you want to get the guys who do the most winning on your horse. So uh, yeah, th- those are the two biggest names, uh, but there are other names. I mean, Johnny Velasquez has won the Derby three times. He's actually finished first four times. He was on Medina Spirit, no longer the official winner from 2021. But yeah, it's it's kind of a who's who of jockeys for the Derby. All the, all the heavyweights show up from California, New York, Florida, wherever they're normally riding. You wouldn't see them in Kentucky, but you see them in Kentucky always on the first Saturday in May. Yeah, I think that's well said. So uh, I, it's, it's pretty incredible. I mean, we've talked about uh, Forte and Angel of Empire. Of course, they are uh, trained by two of the best in the entire country. Now, uh, pun intended on this question, but when you look at any dark horses in this race, mm-hmm. anyone stick out to you as uh, you got some good odds? Maybe people are looking for some high value bets here. Right. I got, I got two for you. I got two fills, the three horse who is, I want to say he's like 12 to one on the morning line at Churchill and he's 20 to one at betonline.ag. But ultimately the betters will determine what his final price is. He's actually the horse I like the most in the race. I just like, really liked his last race and I like his price relative to his chances. And I'll give you a one long shot. Uh, the seven reincarnate. Uh, if he's going to win, he's going to win from in front. And I think they're going to change tactics in this race. And I think they're going to try to get him to the front. He'd just be one. If he's two in front down the backstretch and he's 50 to one, you wouldn't be unhappy if you had a couple dollars on him. I don't know if he can last, but at the very least, he'd give you a cheap throw. Hey, as I always say with basketball, I never really like to do those first basket scored or first point scored because <laughs> it feels like just a total, just random jumbled crapshoot to me. But yep. if I ever do do those, I'll take the ones with the best odds. And if you're, if you're in a starting lineup, then why not just go for it? You get If you got some like really it. high odds. <laughs> yeah, who knows, who, who knows who's going to get the ball near the basket the first time or take a three. I hear you. Exactly. You know, there's all sorts of crazy variables that can come. So high value bets, never a bad thing. If there's two things that I think we've learned about betting, uh, the first one is actually what you open the show with, which is that, you know, nothing. Nobody knows anything. And that's what, makes yeah, it, that's, great. <laughs> that's what makes it just uh, just so yep. great. It's what makes March Madness great. It's what makes the Kentucky Derby great. And just uh, throwing your money at sports in general. I think the second lesson that we're going to that we have learned as betting has become a lot more opened up and widespread is that people will bet. It does not matter uh, how much they care or how much they know about it. If they're in the mood and they're feeling like they want to seek out some entertainment, why not throw some money at it? Now, I don't know if that's two bucks or 200 bucks. That's not my business and not my decision, but it is something that people are going to care about. So let's talk a little bit of Kentucky Oaks. I don't know if you have, studied any of this one at all uh if you I did yep. okay you got you got a little Kentucky Oaks odds so wet paint yeah. is the favorite at three to one and then behind that is botanical at five to one everyone else after that you can get some decent value on your money I see Darth Vader is on the list so uh happy May the 4th <laughs> yesterday to all you Star Wars fans out there 
any uh, Kentucky Oaks picks you like for people to kind of get warmed up on the betting front? Yeah, I like the 10, Flying Connection, the filly from New Mexico. Um, she's 15 to 1 on the line, and obviously that race comes up in a little bit. And I I think that she has a potential to outrun her odds, and she's similar uh, to the horse I talked about. It's a long shot in the Derby. If she's going to win, she's going to win from in front. That's how she runs. Uh, so, yeah, Flying Connection's my 15 to 1 shot to potentially win the Oaks. Okay, you heard it here first. Flying connections. I like it. Maybe I'll cash a bet on that just to get there warmed up a little bit myself. You know, promote <laughs> promote the show, promote betonline.ag, our wonderful sponsor. You can see it in the bottom corner right there if you're watching this one on YouTube or social <laughs> media. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be great. And look, we got all these ridiculous prop bets that we're talking about, too. I'm going to start with the one that I would say is my least favorite because I believe that uh, it's going to be a long time before this record gets broken. Do you think that Secretariat's record-breaking time of one fifty nine oh four is going to get shattered tomorrow? No chance. Uh, I don't know that it's ever going to get shattered. It's held for fifty years. There's no, yeah, unless this, they make this track into a paved highway. That's the only chance that they, you know, they run on concrete. But yeah, that's not going to happen. In fact, the over/under at Bet Online is two hundred one point thirty. I would advise the over. I don't think they're going under two hundred one point thirty. So they're getting nowhere near Secretariat's record. That ain't happening. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Like, I wouldn't say horse racing is my area of expertise, but get out of here with that prop bet. Like, you can dream and try to put some odds on that. But look, if right. I am wrong, if I'm wrong and history is made tomorrow, I still stand by it today, right now, that I'm I like staying away it. I from like that. this, pal. Be, be a man of conviction, Greg. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Uh, well, listen, so we got we got some other good ones. In fact, I'm just looking at them right now. We got the uh, the over under. Now, you say you would take the over on the time. That reminds I would, me. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask about weather conditions. Uh, I actually haven't checked that yet. Yeah, I, I think we're good. I, at last I heard, no rain. I think we're going to have a fast track. I'll give you a couple others. Um, Jace's Road is 50 to 1 to win the race, the, the 12 horse. He's 10 to 1 to finish last. I like that. I like him to finish last at 10 to 1. Uh, in fact, I, I called the last place uh, horse last year. That was actually the only ticket I cashed was oh. the last place, last place horse. Um, and here's a good one. Will Brad Cox train the Kentucky Derby winner? It's plus 350. I think that's a good play, right? A, you get four of the 19, and you have Angel of Empire, who's the second choice, who's probably going to be about six or seven to one. So you get half the price and three other horses. Uh, so I kind of like the uh, Cox to win at plus 350. You know, when you mentioned earlier in the show that he had four horses, I was surprised for that very reason because I didn't know he had that many, but I did yep. look over all the bets and I'm thinking plus 350 is a great play when you got about a 20% chance just even statistically across the board and you got exactly. probably the second overall favorite. Yeah, that, that to me is the key that he's got Angel of Empire. Jason's Road is also one of his horses I just predicted would finish last. So I'm not counting him as, as one of the horses I think is going to win. But look, you, when you take one of those kind of bets, you take oddball uh, results also. And if you have four chances, you have the potential to get an oddball result. And the fact that the price is plus 350, I think that's the best part of that bet is the price. I've got another good bet for you that I'm going to run by you and our listeners from afar, which is number of words in the winner's name. <laughs> yep. One is minus 125, two is yep. plus 160, and three is plus 800. Angel of Empire is yeah. three. 
You get plus yeah. eight hundred on that. I'm I'm stunned by those odds. Again, yeah, that, if you want, that's to, you. Yeah, if you want to go with is that he, one horse, is, is Angel of Empire the only horse with three names? I think he is. Yeah, he is. Oh. That that so basically you're betting on Angel of Empire. So it's one of those that say, <laughs> so which you know that's probably going to be about his price. So I would do this: wait and see what his price is, and then look at the prop and see which is the better price, and then play that. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. There you go. I, okay. I like that. I, I like the, I like the two. You get Tapatrice, you get two fills, uh, and you get a little better price than you do on the one. Obviously, there's more horses with one name. Forte being the favorite, the most obvious. But yeah, a fun prop on Bet Online, and that's what everybody loves those props anyway. And horse racing has some good ones. Oh yeah, no, horse racing has got great props. I feel like the Super Bowl had just a load of them too that uh, yep. were great. Let's see, you got the Brad Cox, the Todd Pletcher going through theirs. I don't know why people would bet on an injury. You get yes at plus one seventy five. Who wants to see an injury in this race? No, no, no. I'm not betting oh, on that. Uh, no no way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then let's go with this one, which understandable that the yes is at plus. 12 100 meaning 12 to 1 odds uh because yep. that's a tough one is winning the triple crown obviously that's a hard one because you don't even know who the winner is going to be like if Correct. you got a rich strike last year you're probably thinking yep. that's tough no it's chance. not going to happen but if it's a forte winning the race that is very plausible All right so l- last year was interesting rich strike of course he didn't even run in the Preakness, so he obviously couldn't win the Triple Crown. They passed on the Preakness. And I would say this, if one of the Pletcher horses wins, it's less chance of a Triple Crown because he has never done well in the Preakness um, when he brings horses back in two weeks. I, I would, I, I'm not a big fan of 1 to 20, uh, <laughs> 20 to 1 on the no. So I think that's the more likely of the, of the two, but I don't think I could bet that. I'm not t- I'm not betting a dollar, $20 to win a dollar, but I don't think 10 to 1 is good enough. I just don't see any of these horses winning all three. Yeah, oh, I'm with you there. Like I always say with basketball, I hate big favorites because if it's a if it's a 10-point spread that they have to cover or more than that, right. not a fan. It's, and then if exactly. you're And if you're betting on a line like that with a minus, then it's like is it worth it to lose $60 so you can go and get eight? Like precisely what, if you, if you have the 60, why do you need the eight? There you go. That's a good way to put it. But Hey, again, do what you will with your money. Betting equals entertainment. And the Kentucky Derby is the fastest, most exciting, arguably most entertaining two minutes in all of sports. And no, it will not be most entertaining minute and 58 seconds because that is not getting broken tomorrow <laughs> no. and possibly for another century. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> well, look, we got, we got some great uh, bets ahead. I'm just looking over the board. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. And the best thing about the Kentucky Derby is that uh, you could be like me and get all your information crammed. Like you're studying for a test in for a couple days before, <laughs> or you could be like Dick Girardi, who knows what he's talking about doing this for 38 years as a columnist and continuing to do so. So, uh, I, I mean, I mean, Dick, this was great. Thank you for your time. And I had an absolute blast. I can't wait to watch the festivities tomorrow. Happy to do it, Greg. Appreciate it. It's good. It's good talking to you. Before we get on out of here, just a friendly reminder to share, subscribe, like, rate, do all that fun stuff. You can reply to individual episodes. So if you loved having this guest on the show, let me know on Spotify. You could do that. Follow me on Twitter at Greg OH Silver. Lots of NBA playoffs action to keep coming. 
You can follow Dick Girardi everywhere in the horse racing world. This guy is just a freaking legend, and I'm going to leave it at that. Cash the bets, race the horses, and as I like to say to finish every show, keep screaming. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.